At some point in your art teaching or even your teaching career, you're going to start to feel confident in what you're doing. It may take some years, but there's actually going to come a time when your kids are flawlessly following directions and merrily making masterpieces. And it's then that you're going to stop, step back, take a big old swig of lukewarm coffee from your world's most okayest art teacher and mug and think, huh, I got this. And then, as if on cue, someone is going to spill a cup of dirty paint water and ruin the expensive dress and beautiful sweater of the kids at the table. They're all going to let out blood-curdling screams and let you know just how much their mama's going to flip out about their drenched and dirty state. And oh, did I mention it's picture day? Yeah. When the classroom teacher comes to pick up the kids that are now rough and rowdy looking, she's going to look at you in shock and say, you had the kids paint on picture day? What is even wrong with you? It's going to be at that point that you're going to come to the realization that you will never, and I do mean never, have this art teacher and thing on lockdown. You're going to have good days and you're going to have great days. You're going to have one class that leaves you feeling on top of the world only to have the next class pull the rug right out from underneath you. But that's teaching y'all. Welcome to the Thunderdome. That being said, your art teacher in life can be made a whole lot easier once you get a firm grasp on ye old classroom management. And that's what we're going to be chatting about quite a bit. I mean, there could probably be an entire podcast just dedicated to classroom management. I know I have spent the last couple of podcasts talking about management And we've talked about your why and using that to create your rules and using the acronym WELCOME to remember your routines on the very first day. We've talked about why kids might not be following our rules and routines and what to do about it. Tickle torture. That's what we do about it. Well, sometimes even with the best of intentions, we see the frame of our beautiful masterpiece of an art room is just a little bit crooked. The paint is starting to drip. The image that we've tried to create is becoming a little bit fuzzy, and it's time to take some action. And when the usual reminders, redirection, and reteaching song and dance ain't doing the trick, it's time to roll out some classroom management hacks. The hack that I'm about to share is cheap and easy, kind of like Doreen in high school. Um, It's my absolute favorite hack, and it serves up immediate results. And it can be used whether you have an art room or if you're on a cart or even if you were teaching art out of a garage or in a portable. It's versatile, it's simple, and I know my students respond really well to it. Some of my classroom management hacks are introduced on the very first day, like the one that I'm going to share here, while others are kind of brought out when a different approach is needed, meaning nothing I'm doing is working, so these are the other straws that I tend to grasp. 
And as I talk about them here and in upcoming uh, podcast episodes, I want you to imagine using some of these hacks with your students in your classroom, in your situation, in the place that you teach, whatever setup that might be. Will it work? And if you immediately think, nah, could you possibly tweak it to make it work? Because you'll never know if something will work unless you give it a try. Some of these weird ideas that I share here, they just might surprise you. So that being said, allow me to introduce you to something that I call the happy sad board. Now, there's a lot of classroom management hacks that I use in my room, and I'll be sharing more of them soon. But this is the one that I use and love the most. Um, And the more I was thinking about this podcast, the more I realized I have a lot to say about this thing that I use. So I'll be talking about all those other hacks soon, but for now, we're going to focus on this one, and it's called the happy sad board. So what is the happy sad board? Well, what you're going to find when you're teaching is that you may start out with a system that you think is going to work only to find out that it is way too complicated. I think that happens to so many of us, especially at the beginning of the year. We get all of these ideas from other teachers we see on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Facebook. We get right away to work buying things off of Teacher Pay Teacher, laminating them, cutting them out, hanging them up. They look beautiful, breathtakingly gorgeous only for you to realize that they are a big old pain in the petunia and you ain't about to stick with it. That is literally the story of my life. Also, side note, I have noticed that in this podcast, I say that word so often, I challenge you to a drinking game. Challenge accepted? I didn't say what you had to be drinking or didn't have to be drinking. Let me get back to what we're talking about. So, I will try any sort of hack, especially if they're cute. I'm so distracted by shiny objects, as I think a lot of us art teachers are. But over time, what I've noticed and knowing myself is that I can only stick with things that are simple. Sticker charts, behavior table stuff, Keeping up with who's doing what, when, where, and moving their little Monopoly piece on some giant board? Uh Uh-uh. Nope. Not going to do it. I just, I literally can't. Oh, take a drink. It's just something that's not for me. So that's kind of like the story behind how my Happy Sad Board came to be. In the first edition of the Happy Sad Board, I had this long list of routines that I wanted my students to follow at the start of art class. They were to walk in quietly, sit correctly, raise their hand, listen carefully, follow directions, etc., etc. You know the drill. And I had all of these routines written on laminated cardstock and hung on my dry erase board. For each routine, Next to that little sentence strip, I had a magnetic happy face that my students could earn. And I immediately encountered two problems. First, what if some of the kids were following my routines and then others weren't? 
Did I reward their behavior with a happy face? Or did I punish the kids who were doing the right thing by withholding a happy face? Secondly, I was constantly having to interrupt my lesson to hop up, go over, and either give a happy or not. This interrupted my lesson and caused me to lose a lot of our time. On the positive side, it was a really great way at the beginning of the year for me to establish my routines. But once they got the hang of things, I would forget. I'd stop adding a happy face when they walked in and they sat down quietly, and then we got the lesson rolling. I'd forget to acknowledge their expected behaviors. You know who never forgets? That's right. The children, especially since I had told them that I'd be tallying these happy face points for some sort of to-be-announced reward, and that's code for I didn't know what kind of reward I was going to get for them. But tell me if this is the case in your art teacher and land. When your students hear the word reward, do they for some reason immediately think that that means they're getting a pizza party? The words pizza party have never come out of my mouth. I don't know whose mouth they came out of, but it wasn't mine. And for some reason, they just thought that behaving meant pizza party. Yeah. Midway through the year, the happy faces were rarely referred to, and the party idea was long forgotten by yours truly, but not by the children. In fact, like a couple of years later, they're still reminding me of this pizza party. These days, I do a simplified version of the happy sad board, and I'm really quite happy with it. When my students come in and sit on the floor, I have a very small dry erase board sitting on my desk on an easel. I have my document camera on my desk, and I do all of my demonstrations here. The little dry erase board sits prominently on my desk for all of my students to see. On that board, it's blank. There's no routines listed. There's no rules listed. I just have one magnetic happy face on the left and one magnetic happy face with a slash drawn through it, signifying that he's the opposite of happy, on the right. That's it. A blank dry erase board with a happy and a not happy. So how does it work now? On the very first day of ARD, after I cover my routines with welcome, that acronym I've shared previously in podcast episodes gone by, um, and rules, I show my students the happy sad board. I simply tell them, when you are following art room routines, I'll make a tally mark here. When I see art room routines are not being followed, I'm going to draw a tally mark here. Our goal is to have a happy day with more tally marks under the happy face. So let's give it a shot. And then I only refer to the happy, sad board when I see behaviors I wish to encourage and ones I wish to discourage. It's that easy, right? Now here's how it works. If my students walk in quickly and quietly, making sure to fill up the first row first, the second row second, as I've shown them, is that's our routine, I might say, wow, look at you guys. Thank you for coming in so awesomely. And I might add a tally mark under the happy face. Notice I say the word might. The beauty of this new and improved system is that I don't have to. 
kids aren't following directions simply for the reward like they were for the previous system. It's a surprise, which is life. You should do the right thing always. Sometimes your awesomeness is going to be acknowledged and sometimes it's not, but it will always be expected. And the same goes for when I see an undesirable behavior. If my students walk in correctly, but I have one friend who decides to slide in on his knees like he's hitting the final notes on his guitar at some Aerosmith concert, then Houston, we got a problem. I'll ask that particular friend to go back to the door and try it again. And then to reinforce the correct behavior, I'll give my students who are sitting correctly on the floor a tally mark under the happy face. Because Steven Tyler has already been retaught and let's hope is coming in my door correctly and sitting down properly, then I won't acknowledge his offense. I mean, if a kid's going to correct their behavior, I'm not going to then go back and harp about it and give him a sad face line. Focus on the positive. When do I use my happy sad board? Easy. I use it when I see behaviors I want to encourage, and I use it when I see behaviors I want to discourage. Let me share another example, and this one might shed some light on just why I love this system so much. Let's say I'm giving directions and I have a shouter outer. You know the type. They talk over their friends. They answer other people's questions without bothering to raise their hand. They're enthusiastic, but they are totally disregarding your routines. You don't want to squelch that excitement, but you also have a beautiful masterpiece of an art room that you wish to maintain. So what do you do? I can only tell you what I do without calling on that student. I might say, some of you guys are doing a really great job of raising your hands. Thank you. Your actions just earned us a tally mark onto the happy face. But one of you is forgetting to do so, and that behavior has gotten us a tally mark under the sad face. My students who are doing the right thing are happy that their behavior is acknowledged. But my kiddo who's breaking my routine usually gets the read between the line message. And if they don't, I might throw them a glance, raise my eyebrow without calling attention to them directly. I want to remind them that their behavior is not appropriate. I never want to ostracize a child. I never want them to feel badly in my art room. And this method really allows me to reteach desired behavior without embarrassing them. Because embarrassing a child can cause them to shut down. And once a a student has shut down, they are really hard to bring back around. When my students are dismissed from the floor to gather their supplies and begin creating, the happy, uh, sad jobs board is pretty much done. It stays right there on my desk, and it's not really in a good line of view for my students once they are at their seats. I use it a lot in the beginning of the class because it helps to set the tone during instructional time. It helped me remind my students of my routines and expectations 
and the tone for the rest of class is pretty well set. From here, if needed, I use other classroom management methods to keep my kids engaged and working and keeping them on task. And those are my other classroom management hacks, which I'll be sharing with you soon. However, when I do need a little help redirecting, reminding, and reteaching while they are working or during the mass chaos that's cleanup, I know that the happy sad board can be referenced to and that it's got my back. Thanks, little guy. So who does the happy sad board help? So sometimes this works. Sometimes my students get the point and they jump in line and they follow my routines. For most of my kids, all it takes is this subtle reminder. For others, my subtle reminder is perhaps just a little bit too subtle. And it's then that I have to resort to my three consequences. A warning, a timeout, and possibly a visit to the office. With all classroom management, nothing is ever black and white. While that might make our art teacher in life really easy, it would make our life really boring too. Thankfully, there's a whole rainbow array of colors in between, and it's that rainbow that keeps us on our toes, keeps us switching the script, keeps us trying every trick in the book to reach, engage, and teach our students. Let me chat with you about just a couple more scenarios and how the happy sad board comes into play. If my students are walking into my art room and as a whole, they are not following my procedures, well, then it's time for me to do a reteach. That means that the entire group has to try it again and possibly again and again until they understand that Mama Cass's house rules are serious and she ain't playing. I'm not about to let them all come in all wackadoo, breaking my routines and procedures, smearing the paint on my beautiful masterpiece of an art room and just let them pile all in and start laying into them with my lines underneath my sad face. No, no. I'll return to the board once I see that they've learned how to enter correctly. Ultimately, the goal is for me to have more, or for the class to have more happy face tallies and sad. I mean, that's obvious, right? Ultimately, the goal is to have more happy tallies than sad. I mean, obviously, right? But what I mean by that is you gotta be on the lookout for the good. Keep on acknowledging the good. Praise the living daylights, even the smallest sliver of good. Because when you do, your students are going to rise to that level of goodness. And that happy sad board will be bursting with joy. This method allows me to focus on the behavior and not the child. A child is not defined by their behavior. Sure, they sometimes make poor choices, but I mean, don't we all? I did just this afternoon by having three helpings of popcorn followed by ice cream, and now I'm about to eat dinner. But whatever. That was simply a choice. That was not the person that I am, and 
their poor choices that they make, that's not the person that they are or the person that we know that they have the ability to become. Their mistakes do not define them. Their mistakes have the potential to help them grow. And that's what this super simple management hack can help you do. Now, I could spend, and I've already spent, the rest of this podcast throwing, well, what if scenarios your way and how the happy sad board can address that and help you with that. But you know what? There are any number of scenarios that we together could come up with that we would never expect to have go down in our room, right? So we can't answer them all. Your students are always going to surprise you each and every day. Fingers are always crossed that those surprises are going to be happy ones, but let's be honest, sometimes they're not. How you choose to correct and redirect those behaviors, that's ultimately up to you. And as you do so, be sure to keep your methods in line with that art room masterpiece that you're trying to create for your students. That masterpiece is created with them in mind. So keep them at the center of your thoughts and your actions. All right. So I might get some flack from folks who say that I shouldn't have a sad face on my happy sad board. And I suppose there's an argument there. A sad face has a negative connotation. It also does express my feelings about an undesired behavior in my room in a clear way that can be understood by all. I teach in a school that is extremely diverse. Many of my students do not speak English. This board makes it very simple for them to understand there's a happy, there's a sad. Our goal is to get more lines under the happy, not so many under the sad. So I mentioned earlier that I don't do rewards in my room. And it truly is, there's a number of reasons, but it's just I'm not consistent. There's certain things I can be very consistent with, like this happy sad board. But then keeping a tally of class points and doing all the rest and then, you know, having a party, those are just things that I can't do. After 20 years, I finally learned that I cannot force my foot into other art teachers' shoes. Try as I have. I just can't. And, you know, I am a firm believer in trying everything. Why not? You see somebody doing a system that you think, man, that looks amazing. Try it. But don't beat yourself up if that system fails. Ultimately, for me, I have learned that the KISS method is the best. For me. Keep it simple. I don't like the word stupid. So silly. Keep it simple. Silly. I also like to keep it silly, so that works beautifully. Just know that it's okay if something doesn't work for you. The trick is keep plugging away. Find what works. And if you want to give something a shot that I've had success with, that I find is super simple, easy, and cheap, just like Doreen, I say give the happy sad board a shot. Y'all, I do want to add this last little bit because I fail to do this every single podcast. 
If you have been enjoying listening to my podcast as much as I have been enjoying talking to you, then might I kindly suggest you subscribe, you leave a five-star review, and perhaps even write a review. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that.